0: Wake up, America! It's Morning Air with John Morales, Si
1: Senor, Sarah Tafoya,
0: Hey,
2: it's my mom! Mama!
1: and Glenn Leverens. That's how
0: I know. This is Morning Air.
1: On Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app.
0: This was All Star Weekend in the NBA, and it was the uh, NBA All Star Game last night. And in, in case uh, you, you missed it, uh, Damian Lillard and uh, Tyrese uh, Halliburton combined for 71 points to lead the East to a 211-186 win over the West in Indianapolis. Uh, Lillard was named the MVP of the game after scoring 39 points and knocking down 11 shots from beyond the arc, including this half-court shot, as heard on TNT.
2: Oh my God.
3: That, one next time. that is uh, from downtown, Glenn. Have you ever uh, got to announce a basketball score where one team scored more than 200 points, John? No, never. Obviously, this was uh, really unbelievable. You know, <laughs> have
0: you ever heard of Matador defense?
3: <laughs> you just you uh, know like you a bullfighter wave. You just wave at the at the uh, offensive player as they run right by. Yeah, uh, it, it, and, was, uh, it was it j- was
0: ridiculous. I mean, it's just like no defense at all. You guys, it's just like uh, just lights out shooting from everywhere and uh, dunk 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 fest uh, dunk you very much. Uh, yeah, uh, the East became the first team to to go over two hundred points uh, in an All Star game, and uh, it was uh, it, you know obviously it's it's an exhibition game, but uh, you know obviously if, if you're into hoops. Uh, you know I'm not into hoops like I used to be when I was younger back uh, during my uh, days covering the the Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan but you know this weekend I knew we would probably talk about it here this morning so I did uh, you know I uh, get a peek. Glenn, to be honest with you, I actually enjoyed uh, the three-point uh, uh, shootout uh, between uh, Steph Curry and Sabrina Ionesco uh, of the WNBA. This is the first time they've ever had an event like this uh, between uh, the, arguably the, the top three-point shooter in NBA history against a uh, just an outstanding uh, women's uh, shooter from the WNBA. And so uh, let me just give you a little taste
3: of what it sounded like. 24. 26. Oh, she's right there with you. She had 26. Oh, she would have made the finals. She yes, she would have made the NBA 10 seconds. He got
2: it. He got it. He got it. He got, got it. Look at him. Oh, he got it. Man, that the greatest shooter this game has ever seen. I, I, I think she should have shot from the.
3: She should have shot from the women's line. Good. That would have been a fair contest. I still root for Sabrina.
0: And that, of course, was uh, Kenny Smith uh, rooting for Sabrina there on the TNT broadcast, and so. Um, uh, Steph Curry uh, got 29 points uh, to uh, knock off uh, Sabrina, 29-26. Uh, but she was red hot, uh, Glenn. She started out 9 for 10. I mean, she was lights out. And uh, I think Curry was a little bit uh, worried.
3: Well, it, it reminded me a little bit of uh, the uh, Billie Jean King and, and Bobby Riggs tennis match back in the early 70s where Riggs was you know, a fairly old tennis player at the time and he was uh, willing to challenge the number one female at the time, and uh, it did not do well. And uh, but it's like, well, we're not going to have a girl beat a boy and uh but it was pretty close yesterday
0: yeah th- th- this was it was it was pretty uh pretty interesting uh I know uh, Curry actually admitted that he was a little nervous because uh you know you you don't want to be embarrassed on on the national TV on a Saturday night uh, for the three-point uh, uh, contest but uh, no he ended up uh, uh doing what he uh, normally does uh you know with with the uh, the 29 points and uh so uh, they like each other they were hugging each other afterwards there was great admiration I understand that actually Actually, uh, Seth, uh, Curry is uh, Sabrina's, um, really, her, her her role model. Really, uh, that's her hero. So she uh, she was very uh, humble to be able to go up uh, against him. And uh, it was all for char- I think there was a big uh, donation for charity uh, from that contest. But uh, first time ever, they're talking about maybe next year making it a two-on-two, the two top uh, three-point artists uh, from the NBA against uh, the WNBA.
3: Oh, very good. Well, oh, hey, you know, as a Minnesota resident, John, I'm legally required to talk about hockey, not just basketball, but a couple of big games over the weekend with huge crowds. The NHL does their outdoor stuff, right? The stadium series and MetLife Stadium where the Giants and Jets play football uh, in uh, the New York metropolitan area across the river in Jersey. There had a couple of gigantic crowds and uh, the game yesterday went to Went to OT, it was uh, quite the game, and uh, the Rangers over the Islanders, uh, 6-5. They scored three goals in the last, like, four minutes to to make that happen. But uh, combined crowds between Saturday night uh, as uh, the Jersey Devils were taking on the Philadelphia Flyers. About 150,000 people, John, over two nights watching hockey outside in New York.
0: That is pretty impressive. Uh, wow. That's a lot of folks. You'd never fit that many people into a normal uh, conventional NHL arena, so that that is a massive crowd. I remember when they when they had the the uh, the uh, uh, Blackhawks playing at Wrigley Field uh, in an in an outdoor game. That was also uh, a lot of fun a few years back.
3: Yeah, of course, uh, Minnesota had its turn a few years back when it was nine below zero, I believe, uh, <laughs> the average temp throughout the, the course of the game without figuring in the wind chill. But, uh, yeah, a lot of sports to talk about. And hey, a quick note, too, for NASCAR fans, the Daytona 500 canceled or postponed yesterday due to rain, so uh, they'll uh, hit that, uh, that uh, flag and get going around uh, 4 this afternoon.
0: All right. And I understand that um, former President Trump actually uh, is in on in the uh, basketball spirit, launching a, his own line of, of sneakers. Have you had a, a peek at him, Glenn?
3: <laughs> you know, I'm I'm happy mine haven't worn out yet. I think I'm good for a while here. But, you know, whether it's to, to raise money to pay off those hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars, uh, the court fined him uh, with that verdict late last week. But uh, former President Trump, launching his own line of sneakers. He was at SneakerCon, the big sneaker convention in Philadelphia. Told the crowd he's wanted to do this for a, a long time. They're called Trump sneakers. You can pre-order. They're uh, a mere 200 to $400. Uh, and I believe you get two shoes for that price. But uh, my, my goodness, and the website selling the shoes also features uh, perfume and cologne for $100 each. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Timing maybe to, to help him out with some of the court costs there, John. Uh,
0: there you go. Well, I haven't had a, a, a look at them yet. I'll have to check those things out. Uh, Two to four hundred dollars a pair. Uh, they're they're not cheap.
3: <laughs> nope, and uh, we didn't know. I mean, among his uh, his many business interests, now a sneaker salesman. There. All right, as always,
0: uh, Glenn. Uh, thanks so much. Uh, more uh, next hour.
3: Hey, sure thing, John.
0: First things first, we start every single morning here on the show in prayer, always giving thanks to our Lord for all the many blessings. And we always pray through the intercession of the Mother of God, our Blessed Mother Mary. We continue to pray for peace in the world, especially in the Middle East and in Ukraine. Peace in our nation, peace in our church, and in our families. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, patroness of the unborn and of Relevant Radio, pray for us. St. Joseph, patron of the Universal Church, pray for us. St. John Paul II, co-patron of Relevant Radio. Pray for us. And we always invoke the Holy Spirit every morning when we pray, Come, Holy Spirit, come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. As we do every morning, our power scripture from the playbook of life is from Hebrews 13:8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, and today, and forever. Our Lord Jesus Christ promised before he ascended into heaven that he would be with us always. Jesus is always present to us now and forever. He has no reason to change because he is God in the flesh. He cannot change. Even though we live in a world that is always changing and eventually will pass away, the Word made flesh, Jesus the Lord, will never change. And he is always with us through the Holy Spirit in the sacraments, and especially in the Holy Eucharist. And we always pray with great confidence uh, that powerful prayer from the Chapel of Divine Mercy, Jesus, I trust in you. You can uh, send us an email directly. It's morningair at relevantradio.com. And you can always find us also on social media, our handle on X, formerly Twitter, at Morning Air Show, as well as on Facebook. We need to take a short break. When we come back on the other side, our tech expert, Mark Mastriani will be with us to talk about how AI uh, has generated videos uh, that uh, maybe uh, will uh, be making quite a splash uh, for some time. So stay with us as uh, this morning edition of of, um, Morning Air on this Monday uh, continues here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app.
3: to assist you? Okay. Okay.
0: And welcome back to Morning here I'm John Morales, along with Glenn and producer Gabby, in for Sarah. Thanks so much for joining us on this Monday Monday morning, President's Day here on Relevant Radio and the new Relevant Radio app. Our toll free line, if you want to be part of the program, 888-914-9149, Sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters. Now, uh, as with all technology, we have to be prudent in the way that we actually use it. That has been a constant reminder uh, from our tech expert uh, that has shared his expertise with us uh, on Morning Air uh, over the years, and especially now uh, where there is an AI company called Sora, which is already generating a full up to one minute video clips just from a text input. <laughs> can you believe it? Joining us live is our tech expert and a longtime morning air contributor, Mark Mastrohani, with much more on how AI generated videos just changed forever. Mark is a passionate Catholic dad, husband, with 20 plus years of technology, new product development experience for all things faith and tech. You can follow Mark on X, formerly Twitter, at God Loves Tech. Good morning, Mark. Uh, thanks so much uh, for joining us. It's it's great to be with you uh, once again on this President's Day.
1: Good morning, John, Glenn, Gabby. It is Tech Tuesday on a Monday, special event. There you go. go. <laughs> yes, and a
0: special edition. <laughs> so uh, t- yeah. t- tell me, what uh, what is the deal uh, with, uh, with Sora? Can you explain exactly what it is and what we're able to do now with AI?
1: You bet. So just like uh, what's so great about uh, Tech Tuesdays over the span of this last year, John, is that we've been able to cover AI as a very broad uh, sweeping topic and go into depth. So AI, we like to call AI uh, similar to the word internet. It is very large, it is very broad, it covers a very large trend that uh technology enabled communication disruption it's a tele- it's a technology enabled right with new computing technology and new software we can do things in communications with each other that we could never do before specifically uh this time last year right first quarter 2023 we were talking here on tech tuesday about dolly and chat gpt3 well In the last 12 months, we've talked now about GPT-4 and all sorts of other innovations that have come through a variety of different AI companies. OpenAI is the company that is delivering us now a new leg of the stool, a new enabling tool called Sora, S-O-R-A. Sora is a new tool that you can type words (laughs) into an interface And what you get back is a video, okay? So previously, you could type English words into OpenAI tools such as ChatGPT, ChatGPT3, ChatGPT4, and DALI. These are all tools from the same company called OpenAI. And depending on what you type in, DALI would generate an image from your text And ChatGPT would generate text back to you from your text. For example, ChatGPT, give me a a workout regimen to help me lose 30 pounds in the next 90 days in a healthy way so that I can compete in this kind of half marathon. Um, And you would get back uh, a generated bullet list of techniques and tasks over a 30-day span to get you ready for that half marathon, Dali. You type into Dali a string of text. Give me a photorealistic image of a 1980s family sitting on a couch watching TV together, and you would get back several images. And you can say, okay, I like number three. Can you punch up the color and contrast in uh, in image number three? Uh, That's the one I like the best. Take that one step further now into realistic videos. So this is in very limited beta, just like some of these other tools from OpenAI, is only available to a small subset of creators. But on OpenAI's website, openai.com, you can look at the Sora website under the company website and you can see videos that have been generated by text. Now, I'm going to try to give you verbally. I'm looking at one as we speak. Uh, It's pretty
0: uh, amazing. Uh, It's it's really incredible uh, how these uh, videos are generated. Uh, They really do look real.
1: They are very well done. Now, I would say one of the first, uh, there's a cool aspect to this. They're already thinking through what was one of my top questions is how do we know a real video from an AI generated video. If you generate a video in Sora in the lower right corner, there is a small open AI watermark in the lower right corner of the video.
0: I am looking at it. I'm looking at it as we speak. Yep. And it moves. It kind of moves up and down.
1: Yeah. So that's a good thing. That tells you you're not taking someone's content that was generated or copywritten by someone else you are looking at an AI-generated image or video. The next thing to take into account is that as good as it is, it's still the first version of this particular technology. So if you really look hard, if you really look closely, you'll see some funky things going on. Uh, There's, for example, one of the images was generated by a prompt that says, show me... A camera follows behind a white vintage SUV with a black roof rack as it speeds up a steep dirt road surrounded by pine trees. And what you get is essentially like a drone-style image of a camera following I'm looking at it. It's it's wild.
0: Mark, I'm really following right along. I'm actually on the (laughs) site, and I'm looking at this vehicle driving along. Uh, It's kind of a scary road, right, (laughs) on the side of a cliff.
1: Very, very scary road. This is an AI-generated image. And one thing that if you're looking very closely and if you're familiar with drone images, the camera is actually too good, like relative to the uh, pitch and position of the SUV. The camera is actually like too perfectly positioned. Right, it's like
0: perfectly centered. It doesn't deviate. It just
1: follows behind. So you know... Those who are creators and drone image creators would look at this and say, there's something not right about that. Uh, also, there's some very cute videos that have been created with dogs dancing in snow and uh, pups. Uh, these are some images that were published online uh, through social media that aren't on the Sora website, but there's actually one image of some, some wolf pups uh, wrestling and, and climbing, out, playing with each other, that has actually got a lot of flaws in it. You actually, at first you think it's three pups and then it's six and then it's four. So there are still some issues with the videos that have been created thus far. However,
0: Mark, I'm actually watching a yeah. Dalmatian uh, young yeah. dog uh, on the ledge of a window uh, climbing off the ledge onto another ledge in, in what uh, would look like a very dangerous move for, uh, for a pup.
1: Yeah, and if you look closely at that image, John, the, the shutter of the window that the pup is leaving has no depth, right? The pup just kind of walks right past the shutter with no interaction with the, with the folded windowsill. So there, there are some flaws, but here's the kicker. If I am creating images and videos for my website and I just need something quick and easy and I don't have funds to pay Getty Images for stock uh, images and videos to put on my website, but I need like an MVP just to make sure I've got customers uh, that that, that I'm meeting the needs of, of a particular problem I'm trying to solve, these videos and images, the videos from Sora, and the images from Dali are going to be a great stepping stone to get me towards where I need to go. Now, who is this going to disrupt first? It disrupts people who are actually generating beautiful, short video like this, creators who are uh, videographers and photographers. I would say that they're not going to be fully disrupted. Their businesses will not be completely overtaken. But I would say they're the, the amount of, uh, the access to images, the bar has just now lowered. Uh, not to mention if, the, f-
0: the stock footage people that actually license out, uh, stock
1: footage. Exactly. If you're a passionate photographer and go out into the world and find a beautiful scene, frame it well, you know, have the right exposure, have the right equipment. You should be paid for the beauty that you're bringing into the world. That's part of our Catholic faith as well. It's It's co-creation. God gives us these talents and these abilities to go into the world and create new content. We get to be co-creators. But uh, these tools, we are given now, we're co-creators using new set of tools. What used to take a photographer hours to set up a perfect image with the right exposure, with the right lighting, now takes minutes. Well, AI can now take seconds to do what a photographer could do in several uh, several hours.
0: All right, Mark, a dumb question, uh, obviously, mm-hmm. from your humble correspondent here, because uh, I, it just boggles my imagination how they're able to program uh, the open AI, this new Sora, to have all of these images uh, in its... In its uh, you know system to be able to generate this kind of stuff, like how, do you have any sense of how this was all programmed?
1: Yeah, I do. So on that website, uh, it calls uh, what is the research techniques, and there's going to be a couple terms that I'm going to define for you, John. Sora is a diffusion model, which generates a video by starting off with one that looks like static noise and gradually transforming it by removing the noise over many steps. Okay, what does that mean in English? It means that it's going to generate billions of images, right, and start to stitch together the images that make sense relative to the prompt. That's why it takes, uh, Sora is not yet available to the public, but those who were beta testers gave the prompt and it took minutes or hours for these first demo sample videos to be generated. Now, again, those minutes and hours for AI to generate it would have taken days or weeks for us humans to have uh, recorded, then edited, then published these videos ourselves. So it's already radically faster. But what the computer is doing, it's like a room full of computers who are all generating images simultaneously. And then the program stitches together the images into a fluid video and it's being reinforced by prompts and triggers by the creators this is going in the right direction this looks unnatural it's being trained okay that's how these uh models get better by adding more uh the more prompts go in and the more videos come out the better the quality of each next video will be going back in.
0: Okay, Mark, we only have a few moments uh, left here. Um, I wanted to get you your, your 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 take on how this is these uh, these videos these Sora videos uh, uh, through OpenAI w- would affect uh, you know the world of politics, for example, uh, during this presidential election year, and then also just recently a few weeks back, um, there was an AI generated Taylor Swift image uh, that went all over uh, social media and uh, I believe she was not happy. And in fact, she's actually uh, suing the person who put those images up.
1: Exactly right. And one year ago, John, we were talking here on Tech Tuesday about uh, the Pope, the Pope in a puffy coat. Was it a real image or was it AI generated? What I would say is we say, as you mentioned at the kickoff here, John, let's use prudence. Let's assume that what we're seeing may or may not be real. Let's fact check ourselves. We need to not just trust but validate uh, on all of the news sources that we're consuming, especially over these next nine months, and look in that bottom right corner to see is it timestamped, is it stamped uh, watermarked by an AI.
0: Well, Mark, uh, we'll have to leave it right there. There's so much more to talk about when it comes to OpenAI and this new uh, Sora technology. But I appreciate uh, you giving us uh, the thumbnail sketch here this morning.
1: You're very welcome. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.
0: Many blessings to you as well. Mark Mastriani, our tech expert for all things faith and tech. You can follow Mark on X, formerly Twitter, at Tech. We need to take a short pause when Morning Air continues. Uh, Award-winning author, speaker, and life coach, March Fennell will be with us to talk about her new book titled Behold Your Mother, which is uh, on the Marian Stations of the Cross. So stay with us. There is much more to come on this uh, Monday edition of Morning Air here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Bringing the light of Christ to start your day. This is Morning Air. On Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Get connected to the conversation.
3: 888-914-9149.
0: 888-914-9149. And welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales. Thanks so much for joining us on this Monday morning, President's Day here on Relevant Radio and the new Relevant Radio app. You can always send us an email directly. It's morningair at relevantradio.com. And our toll-free line, if you want to be part of the program here this morning, 888-914-9149. 888-914-9149. Now, the Catechism of the Catholic Church says that our sins contributed to our Lord's suffering on the cross. Uh, Did you know that our Blessed Mother Mary uh, suffered a white martyrdom uh, during the Passion and Crucifixion of our Lord Jesus? Uh, Although not physical, her agony was as profound as that of Jesus. And if that's the case, then our sins, in a way, contributed to Mary's suffering as well. Joining us live this morning from Milwaukee with Wisconsin is Morning Air contributor, Marge Fenelon to share about her latest book. It's called Behold Your Mother, Marian Stations of the Cross, and how we can grow closer to our Blessed Mother Mary and accompany her during this Lenten season. Marge is an award-winning author, internationally known speaker, and a Catholic media personality, as well as a life coach. Good morning, Marge. Thanks so much for joining us. It's great to be with you once again.
2: Good morning, John. I am so happy to have the opportunity to talk about our Blessed Mother, as always. So I'm glad to be here.
0: Well, Marge, I know you have such a great love and passion for our Blessed Mother. You've written a number of books about her, but what inspired you to write this book, Behold Your Mother?
2: This particular book was born a necessity, quite frankly. So I was doing a retreat for college age women and it was a Lent retreat. I had no idea what I would do with them, John. It just I it was just a crazy time for me and it's like, wow, how do I what do I do? And then I sat and I thought, well, we could do the stations of the cross and I looked through the ones I had and I didn't think they fit college age women or really the the Lenten type retreat that I wanted to have. So I wrote my own. I wrote my own and just for the sake of the, the retreat. And, and it was these that behold your mother, Mary stations of the cross. And, and the, the women loved them. And I started passing my, my husband helped me make, make it into a little booklet, a little private booklet. And I started passing it around. Well, well, lots of people loved it. And I was very surprised and very pleased because it was different and i that's exactly what i wanted i wanted something different to to highlight the the blessed mother not that i wanted to take away from christ of course and his suffering but but to highlight the fact that mary was there and and as you said as the the open to the interview she suffered as well you know if you read some of the writings of the saints they will say that that she suffered as profoundly as Jesus although not the same physical suffering i mean when you think about it john it's her it's her son it's her son and her lord so so that's how the idea came about and and i got the idea to take that booklet and present it to our Sunday visitor and see if they'd like to polish it up and publish it as one of their works. They looked at it, they said, oh yes, absolutely. (laughs) It was an immediate yes. And so here we are. Here we've got Behold Your Mother, Mary and Stations of the Cross um, through our Sunday visitor.
0: Well, Marge, I love uh, the title of your book, um, Behold Your Mother, uh, obviously inspired by sacred scripture. In fact, uh, John chapter 19, uh, verses 26 and 27, uh, we, uh, we read about uh, th- those very words uh, coming from the, the mouth of our uh, blessed Lord Jesus on the cross.
2: Yes, exactly. You know, it was at that moment when, you know, he said, behold, son, behold your mother, mother, behold your son. We believe that St. John stood for all of us. He represented all of us. It wasn't just St. John at that moment who became Mary's true son, but every single one of us became her child for all time. And and this idea then that, the woman who accompanied jesus is our mother also and knowing that she suffered and you know as you had said the are if our sins contributed to Jesus' suffering well mary suffered because jesus was suffering which means our sins contributed to mary's suffering so i wrote these stations hoping to really touch the hearts of the readers in the sense that it's written from this perspective excuse me of a child so the reader is the child so it's written in first person observing their mother the suffering that she's she's going through during this time so so it's all about visualization and observation the child is seeing you know it it, the nailing when jesus nailed to the cross the child sees the blessed mother pressing the palms of her hands together so hard that they turn white because she's feeling that pain of the nails piercing jesus's hands you know spiritually feeling that and and emotionally And, and the child sees this and realizes Oh my goodness, you know, I contributed to this this is this is my fault in a sense, because of my sins, this had to happen. And yet you know, it's it's an I think, I pray that it is a very uplifting stations of the cross because every single time the child realizes, oh my goodness, all of this, all of this suffering, blessed mother, that you endured, and yet you still love me, you still cherish me as your very own child. So I'm hoping that those who pray this stations come away with this I this truly mm, overwhelming sense of Mary's love for them. It's it's a love story in a sense.
0: Marge, um how can you take us through the process of how you you prayed about uh, how you were going to write this uh, unique perspective uh, for for your book, um, "Behold Your Mother: uh, Marian Stations of the Cross," because really, you're you're combining sacred scripture, sacred tradition, uh, the writing of the the saints, uh, really, you know, just uh, the the long held Catholic belief of the pain and the suffering that is unthinkable that our Blessed Mother went through.
2: Certainly, I, you know, I, I really had to clear everything out of both my head and my schedule. For a couple of days, and I sat with my dear mother and and had a long talk with her. I wish I could. I wish we actually could converse back and forth, but I don't have that gift. Uh, but I thought about what would she want, because everything that I do is about helping others to love the Blessed Mother and and helping them to realize how much she loves them. And so I I did know of a Stations of the Cross, a Marian Stations of the Cross, but it wasn't enough for me. I I I'd, I'd prayed it once before, and it, it just it wasn't and didn't do what I thought a Marian Stations of the Cross needed to do. And so I just started. I wrote all the the titles of all the stations, all the fourteen stations, and I played a little bit of a you might call it a visualization game. I I, I pictured, okay, what would that be like for a child to see this? And then I started taking notes and writing down whatever came to my head, you know, word association style. And once I did that, then I looked at it and realized, okay, there's really something here. And I think I could form this into an a nice stations of the cross. So then I filled it out to make it sound all pretty and and prayerful rather than just uh, sketch notes. But that was the process. And it was a lot of sitting in silence and closing my eyes and allowing myself to be that child. And if I was that child, if I was a child following along the way of the cross next to our blessed mother, Mary, what would I see? or hear, or feel. You know, a child can feel the emotions of the mother, and of course, vice versa. But the child who accompanies the Blessed Mother along the way of the cross feels her pain as well. And I allowed myself to to feel that pain and, and to truly be there and and to realize my faults, my sins have have caused this and I will tell you John that was it was a very raw moment and I was like oh man oh my goodness I cannot believe it because because all of all that I have done came back to me I mean not like a near near death experience but or after death rather experience but but this feeling of this is this is something. I mean, I've I need to get to confession. <laughs> I really need the sacraments to make up to our blessed mother for all of these things. And it was a beautiful cleansing experience. And I'm I'm hoping that those who pray these stations will have that same kind of cleansing experience where where you just wanna fly to the confessional fly to the feet of Mary and say, I am so sorry. I want to begin again. Help me to do that.
0: Marge, you know, I, I couldn't help but think of uh, Mel Gibson's, the, the passion of the, of the cross, of, of the Christ, I should say, uh, as uh, our Lord was taken down from the cross and uh, the Blessed Mother is holding him. Did any of those images from having seen the movie maybe influence uh, your your perspective as as you were writing your book?
2: Oh, very much so. Yes, it was extremely helpful, and, and we know it's a, it's a classic film and and based on the the visions of um, is it Catherine Anne Emmerich. I might have that the name flipped around in the beginning, but it it was extremely helpful because that gave me that basis for the visualization because and, and then also I'd, I had been to the holy land and that was extremely helpful because I'd seen the terrain I'd walked the way of of the cross there I'd been in the church of the holy, holy sepulchre where where the the calvary is and followed those stations up that hill so so all of that combined was extremely helpful and and i do recommend that film for people and and you know maybe in unison with these stations you know watch the film and then pray these stations i think it would change folks perspective dramatically.
0: Absolutely. I also love uh, the the image that you uh, picked for the cover of your book of uh, Our Blessed Mother um, at the foot of the cross, uh, holding our Lord Jesus after he's been taken down. Just a, a reminder of uh, that Mater Dolorosa, that suffering mother, and what she went through uh, to witness everything and then finally to be holding our Lord in her very arms.
2: Yeah, I I loved it. And, and I, you know, I... I Often, I, I have input on the cover, and I had not a lot of input this time. I wanted to see what our Sunday visitor would come up with, and when I saw it, immediately, I loved it. And and sometimes, I don't so love the, the cover that comes to me from the publisher, and I'll say, well, can we work on this? But this one was, yes, absolutely, you got it. That, that moment where... It's done, and yet it's not done because she realizes, oh, he's he's gone now, at least for that time in the tomb, and being able to hold that body that has been so broken and tortured, and and not be able to do anything still about it.
0: Marja, I, I mentioned the Mater Dolorosa, you know, that suffering mother, and this. Your your book really depicts why we call our Blessed Mother uh, our Lady of Sorrows, and um, because of how she participated in the Passion of her Son.
2: Oh yes, yeah, and and you know that's another nice devotion for Lent, uh, the uh, Chaplet of Our Lady of Sorrows. Some say it is a novena, but the the Seven Sorrows of Mary, and and most of them are here in this in the stations when if you so if you look those up you can see the many of the things those last things that happened before jesus was laid in the tomb but the the sorrowful mother is it's an image that i don't tend to visit daily except during during lent when i when i pray the the seven sorrows devotion but but it's one that when i do it takes me to new heights and in, in the sense that, that all of these sorrows, you know, I, I, I can gripe about things that have happened in my own life and think that's the worst thing in the world. But then I think about Mary's sorrows and I realize, oh, mine are nothing compared to hers. And it, it gives me just great comfort and great hope because she really understands me. She understands the child.
0: Well, Marge, there's no doubt that your book will uh, bring our listeners uh, closer to our Lord Jesus during uh, this uh, Lenten season. Real quick, where can they find your book, Uh, Behold Your Mother?
2: They can get it at my website, margefenelin.com. They can also get it at Our Sunday Visitor.
0: And I believe it's also even available on Amazon. Marge, as always, uh, thanks so much uh, for being with us. Really appreciate it. Many blessings with your book.
2: Thank you. Thank you very much.
0: And now it is time for another episode of Glen Story Corner.
3: Good story about parenting today called The Cake by Joseph Walker. Cindy glanced nervously at the clock on the kitchen wall, five minutes till midnight. They should be home any anytime now, she thought, as she put the finishing touches on the chocolate cake she was frosting. It was the first time in her 12 years she had tried to make a cake from scratch. And to be honest, it wasn't exactly an aesthetic triumph. The cake was, well, lumpy. And the frosting was bitter, as if she'd run out of sugar or something, which of course she had. And then there was the way the kitchen looked. Imagine a huge blender filled with all the fixings for chocolate cake, including the requisite bowls, pans, and utensils. And now imagine that blender is turned on high speed with the lid off. Get the idea? cindy wasn't thinking about the mess though she'd created something a veritable phoenix of flour and sugar rising out of the kitchen clutter she was anxious for her parents to return home from their date so she could present her anniversary gift to them she turned off the kitchen lights and waited excitedly in the kitchen right there in the darkness at last she saw the flash of the car headlights positioned herself in the kitchen doorway and by the time she heard the key sliding into the front door she was this close to exploding her parents tried to slip in quietly but cindy would have none of that She flipped on the lights dramatically and trumpeted, "'Ta-da!' and gestured grandly toward the kitchen table, where a slightly off-balance two-layer chocolate cake awaited their inspection. But her mother's eyes never made it all the way to the table. "'Just look at this mess,' she moaned. "'How many times have I told you about cleaning up after yourself?' "'But, Mom, I was only—' "'I should make you clean this up right now, "'but I'm too tired to stay up with you to make sure you get it done right,' her mother said, "'so you'll do it first thing in the morning.' "'Honey,' Cindy's father interjected gently, "'Take a look at the table.' "'I know, it's a mess,' said his wife coldly. "'The whole kitchen is a disaster. I can't stand to look at it,' and she stormed up the stairs into a room, slamming the door shut behind her. For a few moments, Cindy and her father stood silently, neither knowing what to say. At last, she looked up at him, her eyes moist and red. "'She never saw the cake,' she said. "'Unfortunately, Cindy's mother isn't the only parent who suffers from situational timbicular glaucoma, the occasional inability to see the forest for the trees.' From time to time, we all allow ourselves to be blinded to issues of long-term significance by stuff that seems awfully important right now, but isn't. Muddy shoes, lost lunch money, messy kitchens are troublesome, and they deserve their place among life's frustrations. But what's a little mud, even on new carpet compared to a child's self-esteem? Is a lost dollar more valuable than a youngster's emerging dignity? And the whole kitchen sanitation is important. Is it worth the sacrifice of tender feelings and relationships? I'm not saying our children don't need to learn responsibility or occasionally suffer the painful consequences of their own bad choices. Those lessons are vital and need to be carefully taught. But as parents, we must never forget that we're not just teaching lessons, we're teaching children. And that means there are times when we really need to see the mess in the kitchen and times when we only need to see the cake. Ephesians 6, 4, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord.
0: As always, thanks so much, Glenn. Coming up next hour here on Morning Air, our spiritual director, Father Burke Masters, the pastor of St. Isaac Jogues Parish in Hinsdale, Illinois, will be with us to talk about the Eucharist, the sacrament of charity. Plus, you'll hear my conversation with Dr. Dan Burns, associate professor of politics at the University of Dallas for a Catholic perspective on President's Day. So stay with us. There is much more straight ahead in the final hour of Morning Air here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Relevant radio app.